Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in uh, Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial as we talk sports with you beginning here another week. Solo today, Trent is off, took a little bit of time uh, with the family, he was in uh, Kauffman Stadium, so was Dave Sproul. I wonder if they ran into each other yesterday, Dave Sproul from KASI. Uh, he helps us out with Iowa State. Uh, and Trent was up there with the family yesterday watching his twins take care of the Royals. So uh, by myself for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending uh, some of that time here with me this morning. BMW Des Moines guest, looks, guest list looks like this. If you like listening to old people on the radio, well, you're in luck because I think that Randy Peterson and I are the two oldest sports I don't know what you want to call his personalities or not. Media uh, in the market. Of course, Randy, I read his piece, by the way, and this is what really, I guess, resonated with me. It was it was a piece on uh, on Mediacom subscribers. Uh, brace yourselves because of the fight that continues to be ongoing with the Channel 5. Um, and so Randy wrote a piece, and in, in the midst of his piece, the, the it was kind of a throwaway line, but in the 48 years that I've been with the Des Moines Register, I'm thinking 48 years at the Des Moines Register. I had, I mean, I knew he'd been there a long time. That is unbelievable to me. 48 years. Uh, but anyways, Randy Peterson and I, who I met about hmm, 30 years ago or thereabouts, and I are going to shoot the you know what for. Oh, 15 or 20 minutes here coming up at 10.15. Look forward to that. Randy covered the Principal Charity Classic uh, this weekend. I'm sure we'll do a little bit on that, Iowa State, and dot, 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 but just catch up with a with a friend. Uh, Randy Peterson coming up at 10.15. I'm not going to tell you who's going to join me at 10.40, but I'm excited about it. At 11.05, Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. Uh, he joins Trent and I every Monday to talk about Major League Baseball, this being no different. Uh, Matt and I will uh, toss the ball around at 11.05 and then Bama Bob and I have found a number of college football topics that are uh, lingering out there and we will opine on those about 11.30 as we take you up on towards noon. Well, a crazy weekend in sports with the NBA uh, settling some playoff rounds, opening off, uh, opening up other playoff rounds. Likewise, in the NHL, my God, the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. That series is just... It's just so much better hockey than the other ones, and the Islanders and the Bruins have been great. But boy, oh boy, if you can't, if you're not uh, into this, Avs and Golden Knights, and you're a hockey fan of any kind, they're just played a different level. Series is tied up at two apiece as the scene will shift back to Colorado. Uh, we saw some terrific baseball over the weekend. The Cubs salvaged one from those unbelievable San Francisco Giants. I want to know. If anybody can find this answer for me, of all the baseball prognosticators uh, that are out there, whether they write for papers, whether they talk in the radio, uh, whether they're talking heads TV-wise, bloggers, I don't care. You find me that person because I want to pat them on the back that had the Boston Red Sox and the San Francisco Giants as a potential World Series matchup. Nobody saw these Giants. Nobody saw these Red Sox, and yet there they are, and they won't go away. The Giants taking three or four from the, at the time, the Red Hot Chicago Cubs and the Red Sox. 
marching into Yankee Stadium and sweeping those Yanks. But everything that went on in sports, and there was a lot of it, I did not think when I sat down on here on Monday morning uh, that I would start with maybe the two biggest stories, one local, one national, and they would involve golf. But here we are, and I do believe that these are as big a stories as we saw this weekend. Yep, the baseball was great. Um, Kawhi Leonard and company was a fun game to watch. The Sixers making it close at the end before falling to the Atlanta Hawks was a good game. But the biggest stories of the weekend was John Rahm being disqualified uh, for a COVID positive with a six-shot lead after Saturday's round. And the weekend started right down here at Wakanda when uh, John Smoltz was disqualified for not signing his scorecard. And it's a rule. And it's a rule that's been in place forever. And I know that John Smoltz is new new to professional golf, I guess. Uh, But at the same time, I mean, it's a rule. And is it a good rule? Mm, You can certainly have that debate. But John Smoltz was a huge, huge fan favorite. He was taking pictures. He was signing autographs of all the pro golfers, uh, the who's who. There were some big names in town. I mean, none bigger than Freddie Couples, right? That was a massive name that was here. Um, but John Smoltz just transcends two sports. You know, he's a part of those Braves team and that Troika, that unbelievable uh, group of Hall of Famers that pitched in the mid-90s when TBS uh, and WGN were where you could go to as baseball fans if you wanted to see a game on the uh, every day. And for, you know, even when the Braves were bad, um, you you find yourself over there if you, were, if you were a hardcore baseball fan, but you watched them go from bad to good to finally winning a World Series, but sadly will be remembered for the ones that got away, but Glavin and Maddox and John Smoltz, as good as it gets. And if you've listened to, the, to me over the years talk about spring training, I had no better of an interview, a more accommodating star player, uh, the way he treated me at the time, than John Smoltz, and I'll never forget that. I mean, you know, there was national media all over the place, but he, he I don't know if he took a like in the mirror or whatever, but he gave Des Moines, Iowa, a guy that was down there covering spring training as much time as I need him and so accommodating and such a good person. So I kind of had that, you know, that feeling about him when he was here. I knew it was going to be a popular week amongst the fans uh, if indeed that they would be allowed to get close to him. And apparently they did. Um, at least on Friday, and then he was disqualified for not signing his scorecard. You know, should somebody, should one of the officials, maybe when he's sitting in the tent signing the scorecard, might they have, you know, give him a little bit of a heads up? Yeah, probably. You can certainly make that argument. You can make the case that, um, I mean, I think they've got somebody that goes with them, right? That actually an official that uh, is in charge of their scorecard or is in charge of helping them score. Uh, there's there's a, there's an official title for that position. Uh, it escapes me at the moment. But uh, look, John Smoltz will never forget to sign a scorecard again in his life, right? Just disappointing that that's the way it came because people that didn't get out there and were planning on going Saturday and Sunday and might have had an opportunity uh, to see a, a Hall of Fame baseball player uh, trying to make it in the world of golf uh, here locally uh, were no, not afforded that opportunity. It was DQ'd on Friday. But John Ram, uh, another huge, huge story. Look, COVID is, and the PGA's rules are, they've been in place for a long time. Uh, the, 
and it was John Rahm who apparently chose not to get vaccinated. And I'm not passing judgment on that. I'm not. I mean, you want to get vaccinated. I wish you would. I wish everybody would. But far be it for me, um, you know, to go off on you if you don't. But I'm guessing that there was a lot of PGA players that were like John Rahm that um, declined the opportunity to get the shot uh, that were lining up at the tent, you know, once this became public knowledge. And the way it was done, that's my beef with this whole thing. Not that he was decued necessarily. The rules were in place. If you've got a COVID positive, I get COVID's not the same in June of 2021 than it was in when when golf resumed last fall. It was entirely different. We've come so, so far. But the rules are still in place. My problem with how it was handled is where it was handled. I mean, for the for the officials to walk out to the 18th green and to inform him in front of the galleries around 18 in front of a national television audience because CBS was just signing off at the time. And John, Jim Nance had no idea. I mean, how could he, right? He had no idea what was happening. But you could see the two officials walk up to John Rahm, who had been tested uh, Saturday morning, and apparently it was positive. They allowed him to play because, let's face it, right? How many false positives have we heard about over this godforsaken 18 months? Um but, but it happens. But then he retested and he tested positive. Why not wait until he's away from the public? Why not wait until he's, you know, in the scorer's tent? Somewhere where the cameras don't follow you. If you watched Rom walking toward the scorer's tent, Rom's caddy stops the camera from following him any further. Gets in place of the handheld uh, camera person that was walking to catch up with Rom and, you know, turn the cameras away. He could have done that at the scores ten. I know that the score that cameras get a peek in there periodically, but that's where you inform him that despite the fact you're toying with this field and eighteen holes from now you're going to get a check for one point six or one point seven. I mean crazy money, right? You're going to forego that because you're disqualified uh by having a COVID positive. Again, that's the rules. Just like not signing your scorecard, those are the rules. Are they the right rules? I don't think it was for John Smoltz, but at the end of the day, it's a rule, and John Smoltz broke it. Should somebody have said something to him? Should an official have said, John, sign your card? Or, (laughs) I mean, you would think, right? You would think that that would be the case. He's not going to threaten to win this golf tournament, I don't think, but it would have been good for Des Moines to have John Smoltz here all weekend long, and hopefully he'll be back. Hopefully he comes back kind of a redemption thing. Who knows if he does or not? I hope he does because he's a terrific guy from my few minutes in passing with him. And I think that people that had the opportunity to meet him uh, while he was in town this week would likely echo those settlements. As far as John Rahm, you know, it's a, it's one thing to play under pressure of a playing partner in front of galleries in the final grouping. Well, why can't you just let him tee off at 8 o'clock before you open the gates and let him play by himself? It's a different kind of pressure. You know, I, I, I don't know if that's the level playing field. It's unfortunate. John Rahm gambled that he, you know, wouldn't be positive, get that positive test. He gambled with 1.6, 1.8 million, whatever, um, and he lost his bet. And hopefully, um, you know, that whatever, hopefully he's asymptomatic and he has no issues with this. 
stupid freaking COVID that everybody wants to end. Real, uh, real quick, Jeff, and then Randy Peterson. Looking forward. I don't want to lose any time with Randy or my guest coming up at ten forty. Uh, Jeff, real quick, Jeff, you got about uh, ninety seconds. Use it wisely. How are you? Ken, it's a beautiful day outside. It's glad. I'm really glad that we're talking today. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, all weekend, Ken, I was fixed on College World Series. Uh, the softball uh, games, I mean, game one, you know, I know you uh, watch the line. Oklahoma is playing James Madison. Oklahoma, James Madison is a 55-1 to one shot to win it all, and they beat Oklahoma. James Madison won their first two games uh, in the tournament. It has never happened. An unseeded team has won the first two games. It was unbelievable. Now, the main point about this is, and I can't wait to kind of hear what you think about it, there was a game on Saturday that got started. Make sure, make sure I get this right. It got started at 11.50 at night. Mm. It didn't get done till about 1.30. Mm. They didn't get back to the hotels till about 3. Now, you know the kids. I played sports. I coached sports. You know the kids aren't going to say nothing. They're glad they're there. They're going to go to bed at 3. They're going to wake up at 8. They're going to go through the walkthroughs. They have no problems. But... As an 18, 19, 20-year-old, how do you expect to see them at their best, mentally, physically, um, emotionally, to go out there and see them at their best? And sometimes you play two games in a day. Now, with that, could we ever see a March Madness game tipping off no. at 1 o'clock in the morning? No. no. Absolutely not. No. Would we ever see a weight room like we, you know, seen with the, with the women's college basketball like that? No, we wouldn't. The men's had everything, mm-hmm. right? The men's mm-hmm. basketball, they would never do that. Yeah, there's an inequity. There's no doubt. Jeff, I got to let you go. I appreciate it. I'm running behind, my friend. Uh, thank you for the call. Um, I, I, I didn't know that. 11.50 first pitch uh, because of weather, I'm assuming, uh, that delayed this thing. Uh, there, there was so much going on. I, I mean, apparently there was a really big soccer match last night, and I like soccer. I didn't even know it was on. I was watching Puck. I couldn't get, I couldn't get my eyes off uh, uh, Las Vegas and Colorado. And then the uh, Red Sox and the Yankees went extra innings. I wish I would have known there was soccer. I did not know. Um, crazy, crazy weekend. Randy Peterson next. Uh, it's 10-15 on a Monday with Miller and Condon on 1460 KX and 0 1460 KX and 0106.3 on the FM dial, taking you up until noon as we talk sports with you. More baseball conversation in hour number two. Bama Bob will be here as well. But right now, old friend Randy Peterson, uh, who I met, I want to say 1992 for the first time. It's been a long time. That's 29 years ago, Randy Peterson. How are you, my friend? God, yeah, I, that was... Uh... Yeah, when you came to town. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would uh, I think remember where it was? It was at the it was a principal park. Sec Taylor. Yeah. And we back then it was Sec Taylor, I think. Sec Taylor. But yeah. Uh, so I was coming back my son was just born and I'd fly in every couple of weeks and I tried to tie, uh, to uh, time it around a home stand because Rungo would let me do the PA and I'd you know earn a little bit of money for doing that and then we they'd yeah. leave a tap open. You remember that? And we'd sit around and swill. I don't know if you did, but I know you were with us. Nahas and Rungo <laughs> and uh Todd I Kirk. Do. 
Um, I do remember some of those days. Uh, yeah. It was fun, man. It was a different time. So you miss, yeah, you, exactly. And and you miss that camaraderie. Yeah, you really I do. do. I'm with you. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's great to talk to you. Absolutely. Um, God, 29 years. Indeed. Uh, I read in a piece in the paper that you wrote this weekend about the Cyhawk and the TV snafu that you've been at the register for 48 years, Randy Peterson. That is unbelievable to me. Has anybody, I'm, I'm guessing there probably was a person or two, I mean, who would have been there longer than 48 years throughout their career? I assume there's, I, I, I assume there are some. I get, I get asked that occasionally. Um, obviously, nobody here, right. really here now. Maybe a Nick Lamberto um, back in the day or, you know, Gordon Gamick. I don't know. Um, but that's, that's always been something that, that I've been able to pride myself on is Mm -hmm. that I've stayed in one spot. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I don't know. But, but, um, I stayed in one spot. I'm firmly entrenched in Des Moines, Des Moines area. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm just blessed. I mean, I, I, I was blessed two weeks ago when they said we could come back into the office and work and Mm. I'm sitting in the office right now doing this. Um, you know, it, it's just, um, I'm happy. I, I, I'm, I'm still doing what I, what I want to do and to, to, to be able to do that all in, in, in one spot without, without going out and applying for a job. Sure. There've been hiccups <laughs> along the way. Yeah. Um, we've had layoffs and yeah. I've survived those so far, knock on wood. We've had furloughs and I've willingly taken those. So, Yeah. It's all good. I, like I said, I, 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 whenever this chapter closes, it, it's I will, I will look back and say, "Wow, you know what a what a great time of my life." Mm, indeed, um, and and here's hoping that we all get to make that decision on our own instead of being told, uh, which is which is a fear of mine. But Randy, so let, let's kind of talk about some things here. Um, just changes. Obviously, there's been a ton. I'm guessing that you no longer have to lug that. Typewriter around with you on the road. Oh boy! As big as yeah. must have been as big as any. How about some of the other changes, Randy? In, in the time, technology-wise, obviously a big, big factor. But we saw one last year that really changed and may continue to change how sports reporters and journalists do business, and that's via those four. That's those four letters: Z O O M. Right. Um, right. How, how much of a? How much of a? I don't know, a negative is it not being able to see people, you know, to be with them when they're answering your question? And will Zooms continue to be a part of it going forward, you think? Well, it was a big-time inconvenience, but it it was an inconvenience to our jobs um, to do Zoom. And I get why we did it. I get it. So don't don't get me, you know, I I, I don't want to be cast as that guy. But I get it. I get why why it was done. I, I fully understand that. Um, but it was it was tough to do our jobs because so much of our of our of our interaction is is one on one. Is being able to get to know these athletes one on one on one, looking into the eyes of the athlete when we're talking to them face to face and not zoom to zoom, or the athlete. Um, you know, just asking, asking us questions, you know, tell me about your family, you know, just getting mm. to know, getting to know people. Cause our, I look at this job as, as so much more than, than just reporter to athlete. I mean, it's conversing, it's getting to know each other. And that's when you get your best stuff is when, is when, um, 
you know, you, you, you just chat with people at not just a normal conversation and you forget that the, that the, that the tape recorder's running. So yeah, that was, that was tough. Um, especially after games when a lot of reporters were, were a number of reporters were on post game zooms, especially basketball. And yet they're not asking questions and the, you don't want dead air. So essentially, Travis Hines and myself were the only ones asking questions, and we were the only ones posing those questions, essentially, to, to Steve Prohm as, as the season went on. So that got tough, and I'm sure Prohm got annoyed with us, mm-hmm. with us. but but he understood that, that uh, you know, it was part of the deal on the Zoom. You just don't get inter- personal interaction. It's starting to lift. I think it's starting to lift now. Last week, I was up at Iowa State football camp for two days talking to Campbell 18 inches apart. Mm. Um, or whatever it was, uh, he was huddled. Reporters were huddled around him um, for a couple a couple days. Um, Principal Charity Classic. I covered that last mm-hmm. what this weekend, and no masks. Ten thousand people there a day, and um, in person interviews. So it's 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 starting to lift, and 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 that's good. And the Big Twelve football media days will be held mid July mm-hmm. in Dallas again, face to face. So it's 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 starting to lift. So I assume Zoom will always be there, yeah. just as a backup. But um, I'm hoping that a majority of our stuff continues. It goes back to being one on one. Uh, Randy, there was a time that the register would, uh, you know, you'd cover Iowa State for a couple of years, and then they'd flip you over to the Hawkeye beat and vice versa. Similar to, uh, you know, the, in Chicago, the Cubs guy would, would cover the Cubs for a couple of years, then go over to cover the White Sox for a while. And I always thought, for the longest time, I thought that that's the right way to do it. Uh, over the past few years, I, I'm not sure that it is because the relationships that you develop, uh, the sources that you cultivate, not only do you trust them, but they have to trust you if they're going to feed you a story. Um, I, I, I think you lose that by going back and forth. Do you miss the days of switching beats? No, I don't because I'm still, I'm still, I don't want to say close to, but I still have relations. I still have working relationships with, with people in Iowa city with Kirk for example, with, um, you know, with Barda, you know, and those guys. So I, and Steve Rowe, I've not lost those relationships, which, which is a good thing. I think it's, I think the way we're doing it now is better mm-hmm. in that we get to know, like you said, we get to know people on our beat and, and almost as important, they get to know us. Right. That's a huge part of this job. You know that, but, yep. but that, that's just a huge part of this job is them knowing us. Um, and those people getting to know, um, um, not getting to know our families, but but know what we're, our backgrounds are all about. Um, Campbell always makes fun of me being from the east side, and, and not makes in a bad way, but but uh, you know says that Rory Walling, one of their football players, is the most famous east sider there is, and I, I'm not disagreeing with him, and he laughs when he says it. So I mean, they, we get to know people. You can joke around with people, um, and it's not just getting to know the head coach; it's getting to know the the ticket manager, the associate athletic director. Um, you know, all the all the way all the way down. So I like the way we do it now. Yep, I do too. Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register is our guest. Well, Randy, let's uh, you brought up Steve Prom a second ago. Um, let's go back to when he was hired because I'm, I'm like I was late to 
to the TJ this time. I, I wasn't sure if this was the right guy. I'm now convinced it absolutely is when you see just how quickly he was able to turn over that roster. He's got great recruiting ties. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, I, I think that Iowa State has the right guy. But apparently that was Jamie Pollard's guy the first time. And the school president, Stephen Leith, was the one that interjected and said, um, and, and his voice, um, his voice ultimately was the one that was heard. Was that how you was that how you covered this that um, that this Pollard did want TJ but was overruled? Not that Steve Prom's not a bad guy. I don't want anyone to think that because I think he truly is a nice person. He just didn't get it done at Iowa State, but he was clearly Leith's guy uh, over the objections of or, or over the wishes, I guess maybe better of Jamie Pollard. That was always the perception, and I I wrote it. I insinuated it a couple times and never got and did not get any blowback from Iowa State, so I assume that that's that's what it was. Um, yeah, Leith, Leith came to Iowa State from Tobacco Road. He was at North Carolina in in some capacity when he came to Iowa State. So he's so he he know he knew Duke and North Carolina basketball. And somebody told him I don't I never got him able to confirm that it was Roy Williams, but but and I asked him point blank and he said he wouldn't tell me. But, but somebody of that ilk, somebody like that, suggested to Leith that you're Iowa State, you're a Power Five school, you, you might want to think about going with a proven head coach. Um, mm. That's the story that I heard. Um, I don't know whether mm. that to be true. And Leith never never said no. It was not Roy Williams, and and he never said it was either. But I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's what happened, but but I'm also assuming that if Jamie Pollard had his way the first time, he would have he would have uh, um, hired TJ. Or, uh, yeah, he would have hired he would have hired TJ. I mean, TJ's you know, like you said, Prom's, Prom's a good guy. He's a good guy, but he came up here from Murray State. You know, mm-hmm. World of difference. World of difference. Not only in in um, level of basketball, but just but just a whole different recruiting areas, and that ended up being, I think. Um, Coach Prom's downfall was that he spent a lot of time, wasted time down south recruiting, whereas you know, like TJ is 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 has recruited Central Iowa, or Central Iowa has recruited the Midwest very well. And I'm not saying that that's going to make or break anybody. And yeah, and yeah, Prom got got uh, saw something in Tyrese Halliburton that a lot of people mm. didn't see, and good for him, but wasn't able to put. You know, and and Taylor Norton Tucker in that good recruiting class out of Chicago, but but more, more recently was not able to put a lot of good players around good players. Uh, we are on the cusp of what um, uh, is liable to be an historic season in football at Iowa State with Matt Campbell. All those uh, super seniors, I guess we're calling them, coming back. I, you, obviously, there's been nothing that's come close as far as preseason hype for this. Is this the biggest story going into the football season, Randy? Is you know, can they handle the hype? Can they be ready in week one? Because under Campbell, they've been historically slow starters. Of course, he's yet to beat Kirk Ferentz. Uh, what is the biggest story heading uh, into uh, into football this year? Is it expectations? Yeah, it, interesting you bring that up. I was at, like I said, I was at the Principal Charity Classic over the weekend, and I spent three days. I've covered yesterday, but I spent the first two days just walking around, getting a feel, and I didn't want to parachute in and out. And I like to talk to people, just like you. 
Um, there were there were probably a half a dozen Iowa State fans. So I do not know. I've seen them before, but I do I do not know their names. <laughs> they they come up to me and and most of them politely and said that and and wondered that if the media was not putting too high of expectations <laughs> on Iowa State, which you know I, one or two people say that that's fine, but but when six people at least independently come up to you throughout the course of of, of three days. And ask the same thing. You start to wonder. This is this is really a thought out there among Iowa State fans. Mm. Are expectations too high? I don't know if they're too high or not. They're high. Welcome to the big time. That's the way you right. get. Yes. That's the way it gets when 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 it's Iowa State has the type of team that it, that it could have this year. Um, and yes, everything fell wonderfully for Iowa State last year, except the Louisiana game. Yeah, but. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that, that things change this year. I'm guessing that this team is ready to go coming out of the shoot this year. There'll be no pandemic that you have to alter practices around and just kind of feel your way around what's a, how to practice through a pandemic. So, um, yeah, Iowa State can go 3-0 and for the first time in, mm. in since whatever that is, since the 1990s. So, and yes, that would mean beating Iowa, but they'll certainly be favored in those games. Yep, no doubt. Last thing, Rand, we've got like a, a minute left. Um, who was, um, when you think back over your 48 years, who, who'd, um, when you were young, when you're a young kid, when you're breaking in, who helped you? Oh, wow, that's a good question. Um, Buck Turnbull, guys down yeah, here in the paper. Right. Buck, Buck Turnbull probably was, was the, was the biggest help. Um, yeah, he was he was probably a, a mentor toward me. Michael Gartner mm-hmm. was certainly the guy that hired me. Michael Gartner, and he still continues to be to be a mentor um, to me, and he's a mentor to a lot of people. And that you know, I consider him a friend, and that's that's a good thing. Um, and you mentored me too on some things. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Well, listen, man, uh, way to go. 48 years. I'm glad that uh, when, whenever it comes to an end, um, I'll be very uh, appreciative that uh, for you, and I know you'll feel the same way, that you get to decide when it indeed is time. Us old guys uh, still uh, hopefully making a little bit of an impact here in central Iowa. Good to talk to you, pal. Thank you. All right, call me anytime. Talk to you later. I will do. Thank you, Randy. Good to talk to you. Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register. Uh, Quick timeout. More old guy radio next. Fourteen sixty kicks and all one. Do you get your podcasts? Hey everybody, welcome back in Jimmy B and Ken. Fourteen sixty kicks and oh one oh six three FM. A lovely day in the neighborhood, and we're here for your listening and dancing pleasure until noon. Indeed we are, Jimmy B. Uh, so where do you want to go from here, my friend? Uh, let's start. Where, first. Were, where were we? Well, when we when I left. <laughs> And then uh, reappeared, and then left and reappeared, and that's just kind of my thing. Yeah, it is. I, I, you had a conversation about Leith, the former president at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. That guy sucks. <laughs> well, he's gone now. You're I know he is, him. and good riddance. Crashed the plane, made a terrible decision on a basketball player who was cleared of charges. I, for, for me... That guy should never be the president of university again. Well, you know, where did he... Sh- he went to Auburn. Yes, he's Is gone. He still there? He's no, gone, right? He's out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Good riddance. Yep, I'm with you. All right, other than that, I'm great. Well, you look good. Thank you. Yeah, you look really yeah. good. Um, you're watching the hoops, I'm assuming. Damn right? straight. So your Phoenix Suns, uh, who I, I know you root for, 
How do you know that? Well, I'm assuming you root for them. <laughs> I cover them. I know you do. So can they, how far, because I've got them at 18 to 1, so I guess I'm picking That's, your brain a little bit. Okay, here. go for it. Can they Can they advance? Yes. And can, here, can they get out of the West? Possibly. And here is why against Denver, because their best outside shooter, Jamal Murray, is not in the lineup. Right. He's hurt. Right. So that is a big break for the Phoenix Suns in this upcoming series, which starts, by the way, tonight. Mm-hmm. I love Joker. I, I mean, it's it's like watching a guy 95 years old playing against 18 and 19 year old kids, and he just schools them constantly. Well, the way it's, he distributes the ball, oh, too, it's for sensational. A so you you weren't here when Monte Morris was at Iowa. Were you here for the beginning? I don't just at the beginning. Were you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what he's doing in the NBA he now. Has, he has, he and Niang have both come on tremendously. Mm-hmm. Niang gets big time minutes now with Utah, and Monty Morris had some great uh, postseason activity in this last series. He just played his butt off. He really did. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, is the, will the NBA be okay without, you know, there's no Steph Curry. Yes. There's no Lakers. Right. There's no Knicks. I wish there used... were no Clippers. I was really rooting for Dallas. Yeah, I kind of wanted to well, see Well, those guys too. really pissed me off when they uh, tanked it the last two games because mm-hmm. they didn't want to play the Lakers in the mm-hmm. first round. And then Dallas, you know, almost got them. Well, Doncic almost oh, got them. Yeah. I'm, he I'm, I'm he telling... needs help. Oh, he does. And he'll get it here in the off season. But man, that kid is good. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because I was watching the broadcast yesterday and the game was a terrific game. And then the Clippers finally pulled away. And Doncic is just dominating. Dominant. You you had you had the claw, Kawhi Leonard playing him. You had Paul George who made the all defensive team well, playing well, him. Leonard could guard people too. Yes, yeah, and, and that's the claw, Leonard. Mm-hmm, yeah, and, and so and so from that standpoint, can he school in those dudes like it's nothing? He's playing like backyard pickup is what he's doing. That 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 uh, step back three that oh, he hits and he's so darn accurate he, he handles the ball for a big from thirty feet. I'm with you. Yeah. Look, the NBA's good. The NBA is good and it's gonna carry us right into uh, July. So let's um you're obviously in town briefly. Yes. Uh, you you and uh, Kim, I believe you're in town for a funeral. Who did you let buy you dinner on Saturday night? Well I thought that was probably <laughs> Because I, because I know you didn't. Uh, no, I am America's guest. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh, made a stop at uh, my, one of my favorite refreshment stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, the down. So under. I'm going to get. Yeah, yeah I was going okay, yeah, to be did, my first did, guest. Yeah, I did that. Uh-huh. Uh, saw the boys. Had a great time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's did it. You reach in your wallet. The what? Yeah, that's what I figured. What did you say? <laughs> oh man, it's good to see you. Uh, so let me ask you about this because because kind of our worlds collide here a little bit. As you know, I'm a Blue Jays fan. I know you are, and I know you spent so much time in Buffalo because that's where I first saw you. Yes, when on I TV. first got satellite TV and. Yeah. Uh, the Empire Network was a freebie at the time mm-hmm. before it went out of town, and I'd, I'd flip the dish around and I'd run across the Empire Network, and you and a guy by the name of Howard Simon, I would see you cats on there. Correct. Um, so Buffalo's Buffalo was a, a major stop in your career, right? Uh, it was a big stop. Yeah, and, yeah, because we were roughly in about uh, oh, ten to twelve million homes nationwide. No, it was big. Yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah, it was very big. So, how excited will Buffalo be? The fact, I mean, the hockey team stinks. Oh, it's terrible. Just awful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the football team is is about to. 
Well, I think they've arrived. I've, I think they have. They got, they got the right quarterback in Josh Allen, mm-hmm. but they've got a baseball team for the summer months. It's awesome, and I've been uh, a lot of tweeting about that, of course. Look, when I was there, I rallied and championed for years for the Jays to come down when they weren't drawing squat mm-hmm. during uh, day games. Yep. And come and play some daytime series in Buffalo. They have a beautiful 20,000-seat stadium. Uh, it was built originally in the mid-'90s to accommodate Major League Baseball. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, it was. You could put an, a second deck on it in yeah. a heartbeat. That's yeah. the way that it was constructed. I mean, it's a nice little ballpark looking at it's TV. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Yep. And Right it, downtown Buffalo, right? It is, yep. And it has all the Major League dimensions and everything mm-hmm. else. The uh, The Jays have gone in there and really put a lot of money into it, really spruced it up. It looks great on TV. And the fans are flocking. And why not? There's nothing to do in Buffalo until <laughs> training camp starts, mm-hmm. except go to the beach. People are saying, what? You're going to the beach in Buffalo? Absolutely. Lake Erie. Shallowest lake of the, all the great lakes, and it's uh, great boating and good water skiing. Trust me, been there, done that. Uh-huh. So from that aspect of it, they still have, though, protocols in place so they can only still let in a limited, oh, really? a limited amount. I think by the middle of June, I, I don't know the exact date, but by the middle of June, that they will begin then to be able to start to fill the uh, the stadium. Because it's uh, you said twenty at seats. It seats twenty, right? So so when when Toronto and, and finally uh, the NHL is finally they came up with the decision. Well, the Canadian government came up with the decision that they're going to allow whoever whoever play ends up playing Montreal will be allowed to cross the border. That is correct. So eventually the Jays are going to be able allowed to go home yes. and their opponents will follow them into Toronto. So how big of a heartbreak will this be? I don't know if it'll be a heartbreak. I think that the fans there in in Buffalo are just happy that they're there. For at least the, for, even, for though the, even though it's a short amount yeah. of time. It's it's not like when you had the Houston Oilers pick up and move to Memphis right. one year, and right. then move to Tennessee, and then become the Titans. Right. It's 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 not like that. This was you you know that they're not going to stay, but you're going to enjoy the moment, embrace the moment that you have an opportunity for Major League Baseball in your town. Hmm. I mean, that would be similar to say the, the Cubs. Okay, Wrigley burns down. <laughs> well, where the hell can they play? Well, come to Des Moines and play here. It's the same deal. You know they're not going to stay. Right. All right. But at least you're going to go and, and have a great time watching Major League Baseball. No, I'm with you. Uh, uh, something's better than nothing, I yeah, guess, in this yeah. case. All right. In our final, I don't know, maybe it's five, six, eight, whatever it okay. is. Um, so obviously you were here from, so you followed Matt Peralt. I right? did. Yeah. yeah. You, you followed Matt Peralt. And you and I did afternoon drive from 2011 to about four, four, four and a half years, five half years, years, close to that. Yeah, roughly. What, what's uh, what? What are some of the bigger stories that we covered when you were here? What was the, the most fun or the most controversial? Um, well, you know, I I love I love the Cyhawk game, whether if yep. it's football or basketball. It's it's my favorite week of all. Mm-hmm. Whether if it's football or I don't care. And I love the back and forth between the fan bases. Yeah. That and, hasn't changed. No, I know. I know that. And it shouldn't. Right. It and, they should, and they should play every stinking year yeah. because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And now that 
the way that things have kind of developed and going into this season, Oof. where you have all the hype, and I heard you talking to Randy, and, and remember I used to affectionately always call fans dopes? Yeah. Well, this is why. <laughs> because of what Randy told you. He basically said that he was talking to Iowa State fans, and they're all concerned that the media is hyping them too much. Get the hell out of here. That's what you want. Do you want to be big time? Or do you just want to be a little pea, a peanut laying on the ground for an elephant to pick up? No. You You want national media discussing you each and every day. I just think that... That's the, what you want. Cyclone fans have never been in this spot before with I agree. all the expectations. Yes. They just don't want anything to go wrong. You know what <laughs> I mean? Anything to ruin what... It, it's got a chance to be like nobody's... We've seen never before. Seen, that right? is correct, and yes. It, it, it's... it's I mean, if they get out week one, yeah. where they've struggled in the past, beat Iowa, which they'll be favored to do they so. They will. Uh, and I then, thought I saw the early line. Wasn't the early line seven? It was seven at South Point. I think DraftKings has it at four and a half. Wow. And Bet Rivers have it at four and a half. So okay. it, it, it's somewhere in there. You know, that's something that you you weren't here for, the explosion of sports wagering in our state. I miss that. It's, and I would have um, loved it. You know that. I do. And and here's the and Andrew Downs, who's thank you for producing the show this morning for me here. Uh, we were talking about this before before the program. It's people that the last people you would think that are Steve Young. Remember our yeah, producer Steve absolutely, Young? Absolutely. Yeah. Steve Young's tweeting about you know his DraftKings account and the <laughs> score that or was it better? Regardless, yes. The score that he made on for he would be the last person. But a couple of weeks ago, I met somebody else, and I would have thought they would have been the last person. Right. It's just it's changed how we cover sports. It has, and now all sports talk radio stations and all mm-hmm. sports network television stations are involved. They're all involved. Have to. They, they they all do segments on on gambling. Yep. And here's the spread. And here's the over under. And here are a couple of prop bets. Mm-hmm. So I wish I would have had a prop bet on John Rom getting kicked out. I, I, if, I just would have thrown $100 down at 1000 to 1. You would have. <laughs> I would have hit. Well, uh, you know, a lot of books actually paid out on John Rahm. I know. I saw that. And, you know, I thought that was great for them to do that. It's a PR stunt in yes. a lot of ways. Now, you know who didn't pay out? The properties in Las Vegas. So if you bet in Las Vegas, right. they're not paying you. you. That's house rules, and they are has so that been here. That, has it, you, I mean, you know it better than anybody here in town. Is yeah. that has that been like that forever? I'm sure it has, but nobody ever had to. I'm sure there have been. There's been guys that have been have not been able to finish around. Okay, um, and you know because once once the action starts, your bet is seen as live. Uh, but all the onlines and all the states think that this is an opportunity to you know to gain some public relations advantage. So they're doing that, and I think it's good for the betters. But in Las Vegas, they're they're holding firm. Um, so whether it's yeah, that's, or whether that's it's interesting, bad. actually. But mm-hmm. look at if you're if you're going to pay out for that. Uh, that's probably, even though it's out of your pocket, it's still some of the best PR you could ever have. Absolutely, because yeah. you know you're going to get it back. Sure, yeah. Get it back, and oh, v- people yeah. very, very seldom win. So do you miss doing this on a daily basis? I miss you guys terribly. Yeah. I really do. It's a pretty fun station on to work a, out, on a, on, a, on a daily basis, no. Right. <laughs> the missing or the actual doing the talk? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Uh, it's a great place to work, and we had, we had a blast. 2011 to 2014. Something like that. Yeah. You called the shot, the walk-off at Cyhawk. You still will. You, there will be no one that will come close to your exit 
you we got off the air on Friday. <laughs> you always tell this it's story. True story. You always tell this I, story because I still can't get over it. <laughs> can't you just forget this? <laughs> got off the air on Friday. You called your shot on game winning game winning field goal. Yes, Iowa State wins at Kinnick Stadium. Yes, and you never came back. <laughs> He just left. <laughs> so, it's, so it's Monday about, you, know, you you got here at the crack of one. You know, well, you're supposed to be in around 9, 9.30, but the crack of one, you showed up. Asked ask me what we got planned for the show yeah, I'd today. Always and, ask, I'd always ask you. Yeah, yeah, yeah talk, talk, spend five minutes in my office. That's true. Um, but that day you weren't, you weren't around. It got to be 2, <laughs> then it got to be 2.30. So about 3.30 or whatever, I finally called you, and uh, you didn't answer. No. Uh, <laughs> but just a few minutes before the show, and it became apparent that you're not going to show, uh, I heard from you, and I don't remember what excuse, but you just never came back. Well, well, there's no, there's no well. You just didn't I come just back. didn't come back. You're right. <laughs> I mean, there's no getting around I just said the hell with it. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Didn't let anybody know. <laughs> well, I'm like that. You know yeah, that. I know. You yeah. just poof, and you're gone. Yes, that's true. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was great. I mean, I... Well, you're doing our show Mondays at G-Migs. Right. Well, and you didn't show up at Jeep, so I got in the car to drive to G Migs and yes. went down there. And I yeah. think I finally heard from you when I was driving to West Des Moines. Well, I was gone. You were <laughs> never to return, except you returned one day in December, and we kind of did this. Yes, we did. Yeah. Where we started, um, you know, we you, I just started off because like I was doing solo. Right? Yes, you were. And I'll never forget this. Uh, the, the hotline. I, I didn't answer it because I could see it ringing. And it was Ross Peterson. Do you remember this? And Ross Peterson, uh, Steve Young was producing at the time. He was, yes. And Ross Peterson, in in a, um, you know, he was kind of you're playing the wrong tape. Like he thought it was the tape segment, that, right? Yeah. That, that somehow a segment that you and I had taped months before or whatever, Maybe. because you and I were on the radio at the same time, and Ross, did, he knew you were gone and. Um, but it's good to see you. Thanks, pal. It's always good to see you and uh, and to uh, AD and uh, you, you know I, every time every time I see every time I see Andrew Downs before he got married, mm-hmm. I always used to tell him, AD, what did I always used to scream at your girl? You used to ask why she's with me. <laughs> I used to say, run. That's right. <laughs> Constantly. Yeah. Run! Now she's a big political star. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Family's doing very well. A couple of kids, boy and a girl, perfect yeah. family. Yeah. Uh, things are, it's, it's good to be in the Downs household. Uh, this team is in first place in baseball. Those Giants, they just keep winning. I took three or four from the Cubs this past weekend. So, so you're back in town, obviously. For it's a funeral that you're here for. It was. Yeah. So, do you do you get back periodically? No, not necessarily. Right, no. Right. Well, you know, they they stopped me at the border. Yeah. And uh, and uh, uh, like you uh, with your green card, I don't have that. So I I generally get stopped. I have to renew it. mine next year. By the way, will you do it on time? And, and not I have get, me yelling. Yeah, yeah. And I was yelling at you the last time. I got it. You dumbass! Will you please go get that? No, I'll never let that last. Otherwise, you'll be doing the show from Winnipeg. Yeah, God. In the winter, can you imagine? <laughs> uh, Jimmy B., great to see Thank you, my you, friend. Brother. I'm glad you stopped in. Thank you, man. Um, it's, um, you're always welcome here. Thanks, pal. We had always. a blast from the four and a half years that yes, we worked sir. together. It was great. It was different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you say great, I'll say different. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, you look great. Uh, golf game's going okay? Yeah, well. What's, yeah. what's the handicap down to? Uh, Ten. Is it really? Yeah. 
I'm hitting it pretty good. Well, you must be. Yeah. Um, Still playing a lot of tennis. Yes. Yeah, so. We brought you up on the show the other day. We do periodically. I don't know how we got into tennis, but uh, but Trent, who you worked with as well, right. was talking about your tennis career. I don't remember it being quite as good. You must have told him different stories. Uh, it was good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Right at time. Hour two coming good up. Good thing. Uh, Matt Snyder on baseball. Bama Bob on college Love football. Love you, AD. There he is. Jimmy B. Part of the history of Des Moines Sports Talk Radio, 2011-2014. The greatest walk-off in the history of radio. 1460 KX. Oh, by the way, 106.3 FM. How about that, Jimmy B? You push for it. I, we'll got, be news, back. I got news for you. That hasn't helped you at all. <laughs> See you later.